rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. It is now 8.01 a.m. It is Thursday, August 6th. It's a nice, beautiful, sunshiny day outside. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Today we have a great episode and interview for you guys. Uh, it'll be a double interview kind of thing today. We are joined in the studio right now by Chief of Police of the North Aurora Police Department, Mr. David Fisher. Hello, Good morning. sir. Good morning. Right. Good morning, right. Aurora. Good morning, North Aurora. All right. Good morning, North Aurora. That's right. Shout outs. <laughs> and we're also here with Deputy Chief of Police, Joe DeLeo. Good morning. All right. Claps, claps. Hey. All claps are live until we get the clap button. We've got uh, Brother Joseph Weber back in the house who gave us a great interview on the life of an aspiring pilot and Lewis University student. So we're glad to have him in the studio. We've got my brother from another mother in the back. Mr. Greg with a call to shoulders. What's up, sir? How are you, sir? All right, all right. No, the mic picked that up. HTE, Hunter the Engineer behind the boards, and my dear friend and co-host, Christine. Good Casey, morning. Casey in the morning. Hey, we're in here. All right, so we've got some stuff to talk to you guys about that is very important. Yes, that happened. Awesome. All right, so the Illinois Department of Human Services just yesterday had their very first virtual recruitment presentation. That's at 10 a.m. every first and third Wednesday, so please get ready to sign up for the next one. Registration is via the link that we posted yesterday on our Facebook page. Shout out to the IDHS. You can learn about their careers and application process. The program is from 10 to 11 a.m. Thank you for all those who took part yesterday. Uh, and that link will be posted again on our social media. And follow us on Twitter because we need some love on Twitter. Shout out to the Chicago Tribune for following us. Hey. All right. <laughs> Peace of Art Campus, Thursday, August 13th, from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Peace House, which is at 301 Fifth Street in Aurora. Shout out to our wonderful friend on the show, Jen Ingram of Jen Ingram Art. She will be there, and uh, actually she's running the camp now first Friday coming up here. She is also going to be one of the featured artists at the Beyond the Walls Gallery at 1904-1 East Benton Street, downtown. That's the old school Aurora Public Library, 530 to 830 p.m., hosted by our friends Vizo Arts, so shout out to them and all the artists who are taking part. Uh, Stealth Art, Fist Creations, Pierre Lucero. There's a good, uh, good amount of artists that are being taking place on. Excuse me, in that. So please come out to that. We'll be there saying hi to all of you folks. McCarty Mills. After that, at 140 South River Street is where the after party will be held for that. Um, McCarty Mills is a great place. You know, shout out to the whole squad over there. Devin, Scramble One, everybody. Uh, Sundays. They got breakfast, pizza, and beer mosas. So you got to check that out. You got to check that out. Now, it's noon, so I'm not telling you to drink early. I'm just saying that you got to check it out. All right. The Excuse me. On first Friday as well, there will be Rogue One and Fat Boy spinning at the Aurora Tap House, which is next door to us here. And that is at the corner of Downer and Lake Street. And that's going to start at 8 p.m. Excuse me. And they will be spending some hip-hop and house classics, so please come out and show some love to them. And our friend Rogue One, Sam Cervantes, is also the individual who did the painting on a lot of businesses on Broadway when they closed up due to the activities and rioting. He also painted our mural on Crystal House. And not only that, 
he's donating some supplies for the peace camp so they can have audio. So shout out to Sam Cervantes. Stock and rock around our block. Donate items for the Batavia Interfaith Food Pantry. We told you guys about that yesterday. Please keep that in mind to donate to your local food pantry. Shout out to the Aurora Food Pantry as well. During the COVID crisis from the time that it started to date, they've been going above and beyond to help feed people and um, you know end hunger, make sure that people have something to eat. So shout out to them. Canned items, chili, granola bars, and ramen noodles, spaghetti sauce, and feminine products are very much needed. So please join forces with our neighbors and help make Batavia stronger. And you can visit bataviafoodpantry.org for an extended list of items. Now this came across the desk yesterday. And by desk, I mean like literally my lap. Okay. Now... Hit and Hip Hop Step Class. This is something really cool with Lethal Fitness, which appears to be a young lady who started this fitness course uh, and is trying to gain ground and steam and traction for it. It's at Strikers Fox Valley Indoor Facility at 1000 South Kirk Road in Geneva, August 16th at 10 o'clock a.m., $20 per person, an introductory hip hop step class and nutritional smoothie. Let's say that again. (laughs) <laughs> introductional hip-hop step class and nutritional smoothie i'm really feeling that so i'd like you guys to please check this out lethal fitness at strikers fox valley indoor facility and shout out to the entire class and everybody taking part in that and meals for older adults don't forget this please 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 very important you guys keep seeing us post this on instagram and facebook it's because i want you to benefit from this information August 21st, which is a Friday from 11 o'clock a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. at the Kane County Judicial Center. You can sign up by calling Miss Tracy Halunka at 630-812-6775. This is older adults who are 60 years and older are eligible to receive five frozen meals. So this is, in, um, this is on behalf of the Kane Senior Council and the Kane County Judicial Center and the Sheriff's Office. During this time, we are here for the older adults in our community, even though we are apart. This was started at the inception of the COVID-19 pandemic, and it still continues to this day. So shout out to the Kane County Sheriff's Office. Shout out to the Kane Senior Council. And shout out to the Kane County Judicial Center at 37 West 777 Route 38th Street in St. Charles, Illinois. Very, very cool stuff. And next Monday, we have the pop-up pantry citywide free grocery pickup open to any resident no contact distribution serving over a thousand families every single monday food is placed in your car no id is necessary first come first serve and that's at phillips park at ray moses drive and that's in conjunction with marie wilkinson's food pantry ward three alderman ted masiakos and the quad county urban league so great stuff that they're doing. And Canecom is hiring. I forgot to tell you this, you guys this yesterday. I apologize. But if you need a job, that means so that, so you out there playing uh, Madden all day, you know, on your <laughs> girlfriend's couch. Just saying. Canecom is hiring. If you are a confident, compassionate team player who is an effective multitasker with the desire to help others, apply to be a 911 telecommunicator today www.countyofcane.org. Competitive pay, great benefits, IMRF pension, and full-time. Fast-paced and exciting workdays make a difference in your community. You guys will see this posted today. All right. So that is the news and the weather and the shout-outs and everything. And Amy Nelson, shout-out again today. I want to make sure that I did not forget that. Um, now we're going to get into our interview 
with our brothers, Mr. Fisher and Mr. DeLeo. So, so glad to have you guys on Thank the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. All right. And Christina's going to kick it off. All Let's right. All right. I get to interview them now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good right. or a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a reverse getting pulled yeah, over. Right. Like, tell me about you. Officer. Let's talk. <laughs> Uh, so, no, tell us uh, a little bit about you, where you're from. Sure, absolutely. Well, I uh, I grew up in a small town about 20 minutes west of here, Hinkley. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. Um, a small town of about 2,000 people. I was there for 20-plus years. I went to school there. I graduated from Hinkley Big Rock High School, and I really enjoyed it, actually. It was a small town. You You knew everybody. There was a, a sense of community there, and I think that I gained a, a very good work ethic because probably from the age of 12 on, you know, you, you work for farmers, and I mowed lawns, and, and it's, it's hard work, but you also gain an appreciation uh, for it as well. And after that, I went to Wabansi, and I graduated from there, but I actually started out in business first. I didn't start out... In criminal justice, I had considered getting into police work, but I thought, eh, I'll go into business and I'll make a million bucks by the time I'm 35 years old. And you, know, <laughs> and you see how that worked out. Um, but anyways, in my classes, I, I met a guy and he actually was taking criminal justice classes and he just, I think, took one of these business classes that I was in. And we were talking one day, and I just told him, ah, I don't know if this is for me. I, you know, sitting in an office all day, counting numbers, which is ironic because that's what I do now. I sit in an <laughs> office all day. But anyways, he convinced me, hey, you know what? I, these criminal justice classes are, are fun. It's, you know, they're, they're good, they're interesting, and it's a good time. So at the end of my first year there, I switched into criminal justice. And I don't know if, if is, Rob Wallers is his name. He's a lieutenant with the Aurora Police Department. Okay. He's the one that convinced me. So I don't know if I have Rob to blame or to thank, you know, for getting into police work. Rob but Wallers, if you're out there listening, hey. Thanks, you, Rob. You, yeah. He, yeah, I don't know if he realizes <laughs> that, but yeah. yeah. Shout out to Aurora PD. There you go. Um, but anyway, so I took it and I just, I fell in love with it and I, I really enjoyed it and I think it was the best thing that I did. So after I graduated, I, I worked odd jobs here and there. And in 1992, I got hired by the North Aurora Police Department. And I, I had tested all over the place, large departments, you know, medium-sized departments. And, and I was on a few of the hiring lists. But luckily, North Aurora was the one that I got the call for. And, and, and I, I was happy because it's a, a smaller town, especially at the time. There, there was probably ten or 11,000 people in it. And it felt like home kind of uh being a smaller place and you know a lot of you, everybody knew each other you know right. at the time and, and it was nice and and along the way i i met um a young lady who i ended up marrying um Aww, we've been <laughs> we've been married for 24 years <laughs> um good morning robin if you're listening <laughs> and um so we we decided to make our home in north aurora she's from north aurora she's uh She's a teacher for the West Aurora School District. She works with um, hearing impaired kids, deaf and hearing impaired. Um, and we've, we've got three kids. I've got um, two college-age daughters, and I've got one son at uh, West High. He's a junior. And in, in the meantime, I went back, and I went to Aurora University and graduated there with my bachelor's degree. A few years after that, I went to National Lewis and got my master's degree, all the while working. And my wife went back and got her master's degree. So it was it was kind of crazy there for a while. 
And when I first started out in the depart in the department, I worked patrol, of course, which is where you start out as. And in in, in addition to that, I was a dare officer. If everybody remembers the dare Holy program, dare <laughs> oh, <laughs> a little blast yes. from the past. Shout out! Uh, I did that for five years at one of the grade schools, Goodwin Grade School in North Aurora, and and I I really enjoyed that at the time. I did, I did not have kids. I, I was not married. And I thought to myself, how in the world is, at the time I was, I was 22 when I got hired. I was 23 when I started that. How in the world is a 23-year-old single guy going to relate to, you know, it was uh, second, fourth, and sixth grades that we taught at the time. But you know what? <laughs> Doing it, I, I absolutely loved it. And, yeah. you know, I still see some of those kids today, and they're married. They've got families. And yeah, you know, it's nice. And they'll, they'll make comments every once in a while. Hey, I remember, you know, you were my dear officer and stuff. So oh, that, cool. that's always nice. Uh, but then uh, eventually when I stopped doing that, I, I was in investigations. And I pretty much have worked in every department of the police department. And then a, a sergeant of patrol, then a deputy chief. And in, in 2017, I was uh, promoted to the position of chief. Congratulations. And, and thank you. Yep. And I, I really love it. I, I, I can't imagine, you know, doing anything else. Um, it's one of those jobs where I, I don't dread coming in, you know, I, there's nothing worse. And I, and I tell my kids this than waking up in the morning and thinking, Oh my gosh, I got to go to work today. Yes. And we all have our bad days now and then, but to, to have a career that you hate, I, I can't imagine it. And right. so I, I love it. I, I'm on my 29th year and, wow. um, it's, 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 it's stressful sometimes, you know. It's it's had its bumps in the road, but but all in all, it's it's been really good. Growing up, mm-hmm. what impact did your mom have on your life? Oh boy, my mom. She was uh, at, at first she was a stay at home mom. I think until I went into junior high, and then then she went out into the workplace. But she was was a very strong woman, a big influence. Um, she. Even though she was a stay-at-home mom for a, a good portion of that, she, I, I got a good work ethic from her because she was always there for us. She, If you needed anything, she did it. She did not baby. I have a sister. She did not baby us. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. She was, she was still a tough gal. I mean, she, she grew up on a farm in Minnesota with, oh gosh, I think there's eight brothers and sisters. Wow. So she was, she was not a soft woman, but... Um, she was when she needed to be. And, um, she died three years ago from complications of leukemia. Um, but yes, she, she was, she was a very strong influence. Um, so your 29th year of law enforcement, it's obvious that you like your profession. I do. I mean, uh, obviously both of you guys, Mm -hmm. uh, like your professions, just a little bit of time that I have met, uh, and spent talking to police officers. There's guys who, are not as enthusiastic about their jobs as, as you guys are. Um, so one of my first questions for you guys is, what is a police officer to you? So we'll start with you, Mr. Fisher. What is a police officer to you? I, I, I view a police officer as a, a very hardworking person, somebody that is willing to go above and beyond, answer the call, and is willing to put other people first because you miss holidays, you miss, you know, school functions that your kids uh, are involved in. And anybody that can do that is a special breed, I think. 
Um, because if you think of the, you know, the nine to five person, the person that is off every weekend has sometimes holidays off. I don't think they quite understand the sacrifices that, uh, police make. And I, I see that with, you know, the officers that, that we hire who start out not being married or with kids or anything like that. And they work the evening shift typically, but they get an understanding really quick of, of what it's like to be a police officer. And then they get married and then they have kids and, you know, they're missing that stuff and they're not used to it. And especially those that have a spouse prior to them becoming a police officer, mm -hmm. they're used to that nine to five. Now, all of a sudden, you know, Jim or, or, or Jen is no longer at Christmas or at the ballet recital. Right. So, like I say, I, I think it takes a special breed to, to be a police officer. Not just anybody can do it. What about you, Joe? I agree. <clears throat> and what people have to understand, there's that joke, everybody likes a fireman. Right. Well, because as a police officer, you're usually dealing with people on their worst day, whether it's a traffic stop or their house got broken into or a domestic situation. So you really have to go in, like with our department, and it's from the top down, we care about the people we work with, we care about the people we serve. So you have to go to these calls with that caring, understand this is going to be their worst time, and it's our job to help them work through this. Right. So it's not just go to the call, you document what you need, you clear it, it's following up to make sure they're still okay, or knowing that their house got broken into or an elderly person is now at the hospital and it's vacant, to keep driving by and knowing what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So really, um, the chief covered most of it, but just have that caring. And that's why we appreciate having you have us on the show so we can show, look, we do care. Right. You might think we're callous, I stopped you because you're going 15 over the speed limit. Um, I don't even carry a ticket book in my car, but I'll just stop somebody and be like, look man, you passed me going, yeah, 15 yeah, over, yeah, yeah. 55 and a 35. Yeah. Um, you know, just to kind of humanize what, we're, what we are. Yeah. So then people relax and understand we're there to help, not just to make their day even worse. And we, and we hear, hear, we hear people's life stories, you know, and, and sometimes they want a solution and sometimes they don't. So you spend your day listening to other people's problems. And um, yeah, it, it, let's face it, it, it can get old after a while, you know, and some police officers, you know, they, some get tired of hearing it, hearing about it after a while. And it's like, who's going to listen to my problems? Right. And so listening to that stuff day in and day out, yes, it, it, it can get very old. And, and like Joe said, you're, you're dealing with, you know, worse situations sometimes. And, you know, a police officer has to wear so many different hats. You've got to be you know, you've got to enforce the laws. You've got to be a problem solver. You've got to be an attorney. You've got to be, uh, um, you know, a, a, social, a, a social worker, a, a divorce counselor. You know, it's, it, it's, it can be, yeah, medics. And it can be tough sometimes to, to have to deal with that. Whereas, you know, the office person, they go in, they do their thing, they go home. We take a lot of stuff with us home. You know, like for me, for me, for example, I lose sleep over my concern for the officers. You know, there's there's always something there 
you, you don't just go home and leave, leave the job as soon as you walk out the door. You know, I, I worry about my officers. Are they safe? You know, when you get a phone call at 2 in the morning, I guarantee you it's not good. Right. You know, and I've gotten those phone calls. So it, it, it can be tough all the way around from, from, the, from the top person to the bottom person. I found a midnight shift at 3 in the morning, but you're dealing with other people's problems. Your problems start to hit you. Like, we lost babies to, to miscarriages. And then, like, 3 in the morning, you're like, oh, man, you have to do a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Or, oh, I got to pay that bill. Or my kid's sick. All these things. Then all of a sudden, you get shots fired call. Turn that off. Your adrenaline starts pumping, and you go do your job. Right. It's just, and luckily, we feed off each other, and we help each other out. We talk. Um, used to be, and you understand, old school police officers go to the bar, then get divorced. Now, really with our department, everybody's basically married or mm-hmm. engaged, and um, it's very family-oriented. There's, you don't see a lot of that anymore. There's no going out. Everybody wants to go home to their families. Right. Or what really helps them when you talk to the community. You go to 7-Eleven, somebody wants to have a conversation. That's the way we decompress. Right. Just to have a normal conversation, somebody smiling at you, just want to hear about your day, you want to hear about their day. You know, we'll buy them a cup of coffee and then we'll go on our way. It's right. just, that's what helps us get through, get through the day. Yeah. What are some of the community initiatives that you're doing to stay involved, some of the different programs sure. you guys have going on? We, we've got a lot, and uh, we every year we have a, a picnic at the police department where really anybody can come. It doesn't have to be just North Aurora it's people. Yeah, Route 31, yeah. yeah. Um, so we have that every year. We did, Of course, because of the pandemic, we didn't have it this year. But it's it's more of like an open house. We have a picnic part of it. They can tour the police department, you know, tour cars, our specialty vehicles, the, the firing range. Bounce houses, free hot dogs. We've got all kinds I'm, of... I'm st- glad you hit the important things. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> food, free right, food. Right, right. Yeah, you also have uh, dunk a cop. You had me yeah. at bounce houses. Yeah, yeah. Dunk, dunk a police oh, officer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we got that. Um, so we do that every year. We also have, this isn't just police department, but we have um, North Aurora Days every year, which, of course, that, that got canceled. But we're always out mingling with the crowd there. We do, uh, we have Santa Claus. We've done that for the past uh, few years where the community co- can come and see Santa Claus. And we've got crafts and, again, free snacks uh, for everybody. Uh, so we do that. Um, Joe and my crime prevention officer, Robin Steckline, and I go right across the street. There's a retirement uh, center there. Of course, we haven't been able to do that, unfortunately. But every month we go do coffee with the chief, and we just mingle with the residents of the retirement home, and, and they absolutely love it. And that's, I mean, the highlight of my day is going to see them. We... Um, we have the Citizens Police Academy that we try to run at least once a year. Again, that was canceled just a couple weeks into that, but we plan on resuming that. So we do that, and I, I, the citizens get to come and learn a lot about the police department and what it's really like to be the police. You know, And I, and I know a lot of agencies run these, and I'm, I'm sure they would say the same thing, is that they really gain uh, some insight into what it is to be a police officer. You know, we... The laws and, you know, the boring stuff, but we also do a forensic block. We do a a shoot-don't-shoot scenarios, uh, and I think that really opens our eyes. We do traffic stops, building searches, um, a a block on DUIs, and and things like that. So it's it's quite informative to have stuff like that. We do ride-along programs. We 
get a lot of um, criminal justice students from Wabansi and from Aurora University that that's part of one of their classes, for example, where they have to come and do a ride along. We do those. Uh, what else do we do, Joe? There's a triad. Yeah, we triad with with the seniors. Mm -hmm. With that again, that's our crime prevention officer uh, that deals with that. We've done coffee with the police at McDonald's before, and we serve. Uh, we have Dunkin' Donuts where we do caps on top for Special Olympics. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, yeah. I saw we that. Will, that was cool. And this my our favorite <laughs> that's time fun. Is in October. Um, hopefully, we do it again. We serve at Culver's, and our proceeds go to they donate some of the proceeds to Special Olympics. So it's the the best looks we ever get is when they're waiting in the drive-through and the cop runs out with their food. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's always a good time. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's oh, my thanks. favorite is to take the food yeah. out to the people. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Right. Yeah, that's right. Made with love, man. I'll tell you what. It opens your eyes. It does. Culver's yeah. kids work hard. <laughs> oh they yeah. Do. Yeah, they do. They do. So we 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 do our best to get out there, and I think in the end it pays dividends. Because you're you're putting yourself out there, you're humanizing all of us, and I think people get a chance to see that we're just normal people. You know that we just put on the same outfit every day versus right. somebody else changing their outfit. You know, and um, I, they get to see that we're there for them. You can just come up and have a conversation with us, and uh, especially for like the kids who may be a little timid or scared by the end of it whether they're there for santa claus or the, or the picnic or whatever the case may be you know they, they they interact with us they see we got one officer that for the christmas we're with the santa claus for three hours he's just sat there colored. and colored with the kids you know and colored and he no kids. And he, yeah and he That's has cool. no kids he's, he's not married or anything so yeah it's it's nice to be able to do that stuff to have a, a department that um you know we're, we're we're big enough we can have those things, but small enough that not only do we know each other, but we get to know the people that come, you know, really well on, on like a personal basis. In you October, know? we're going to try and do a trunk or treat. So okay. we'll have squad cars parked in the parking lot. Kids could come and adults if they want to. Oh, candy. that's cool. Sure. Um, in the future, probably not this year with the pandemic, we'll have a haunted house. And so if a kid's scared, they can pick a police officer to go with them with a flashlight. To go through the haunted house. So they oh, that's feel cool safe. as hell. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Outside the box, you talk to right. people, see what they want to do. Um, we and our other big thing is the cert team. We have a, mm -hmm. a, a team of volunteers where they help us with traffic um, control, or we have a search and rescue team. Recently, we had an elderly gentleman walk away, gone for three hours. Well, that's never a good thing. Right. We had our search and rescue team out like that, um, and of course we found him, but it just. We departments have now opened themselves up to accepting help from civilians. I mean, it, they go through background checks, but we can't do this without them. So it, you know, we're a smaller department. So if we have two people on traffic uh, control, right. now we have one or two people working the street. So they just alleviate our man our manpower and we right. can function better as a department. What is the number one thing that that people have wrong about police? What is the what is the one thing that people think, mm -hmm. as opposed to what is the reality well, of a police officer? Again, there's that human factor that we're we're we really are pretty much like you and you and 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 everybody in this room. I mean, in the in the end, but I I think that some people have a misconception that 
oh, they're the cops. They're not going to help me because I live here or I'm this color or I don't speak good English or whatever. That's the furthest thing from the truth. If you call 911, I promise you that the dispatchers will not ask what race you are or any of that stuff. It, it doesn't matter. If, if you need the police, and that's just not us, it's, it's anywhere, we will be there for you. And we will do our best to solve whatever issue it is. If you call because you need a spider killed on your ceiling, I, we'll do it. You know. And now I'm not advocating to call call us if you this got a spider on your ceiling. <laughs> but my Yo, point, man, they, they going above and beyond, <laughs> y'all. Right? My point being, though, literally, if you, if you call us for almost anything. We will do our best to help you. We we had one officer get called, and I, I don't know exactly what the original call was, but he ended up going and buying a phone for this elderly lady. Um, so, you know, anything we can do out of his own pocket, anything we can do to help somebody, we will do it, or we will tr- do our best to find somebody that will help you. We, we um, partner with AID um, and for their specifically victim services, mm-hmm. You know, we rely on them to come out for, for you know, some mental health issues. For, for A lot of times we use it for grieving uh, people because, you know, if you, you deal with a death or something like that, you know, there's family members that are grieving we, with them, mutual ground, places like that. You know, there's, there's the Kane County 211 that people can call yeah, for, right. for assistance. Um, I know that, like, at the last Santa Claus um, event we had, we asked for food donations we've we we gosh it took three vehicles to get everything there and we gave everything to the aurora food pantry and you know we'll we'll recommend them to you know hey if if you're low on food or whatever the case may be right on jericho road if you can get there you know so you know that that that's my point is that the police are there for everybody and for just about anything yeah, and we were talking, too, in our little pre-show conversation, uh-huh. just about all the opportunities that you have to get involved, but people really need to step up and be present and attend some of these things. You bet. To get to know you guys and to, to build a stronger community. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. We're, we're there. You j- just find us. You know, we, we put ourselves out there, and we, we, will, we will talk to anybody. We will um, deal with any situation, and you know what? Just just talk to us if if you've got questions or need answers or anything. Oh, we're we're more than happy to help. Stop by the police department. Stop by. Call me. Mm-hmm. I have an open door policy. I return every phone call. Email me. You know, it's and if I can't take care of it, like I said, I, I will find somebody that will. The time is now eight thirty one, and you are listening to Good Morning Aurora, and we are sitting down with. Deputy Chief of Police of North Aurora Police Department, Joe DeLeo, and Chief of Police, David Fisher. Uh, where were you gentlemen at on the uh, the day of the hubbub in Aurora riding and what, whatnot? I, I, can, I can tell you exactly. <laughs> I can answer for both of us. I can tell you exactly where we were. We were, we were at our police department. Okay. We were there. We Joe and I take a very active role Um as administrators in the police department, sometimes they're not always around or they leave, you know, stuff to, to the, uh, you know, other supervisors. But we, we take a very active role in everything. And I, I live in town. You know, like I said earlier, I chose to make my home in North Aurora, so I'm very close. But we were at the police department. We were 
ready as best as we could be in case anything uh, led into our town. Fortunately, it did not. But that that's exactly where we were. And we were there pretty much for the duration until everything in Aurora kind of died down and it quieted down. I did not go home. Uh, we were probably there from 1 or 2 in the afternoon till 11 or midnight. I mean, it, it was a long day, and it was extremely stressful. It was very hard to listen to the radio and hear what was going on. The, the demonstrations and the protests, I don't think any of us have a problem with that, and people trying to get their message out. Absolutely not. It's, it's when it turns violent, and you're listening to, you know, your brothers and sisters you know, under under fire, I'll use that right. word, but getting stuff thrown at them and, you know, small explosions, you know, fireworks going off, cars getting burned, you know, that is, that's very hard to listen to. Right. And we sent, we have a couple guys on SWAT, another officer with the Elias team, they were downtown Aurora. I was um, talking to um, some of the Aurora command staff, letting them know, we can't get our people past here to get you downtown. We'll take your, we'll help you from your police department north. So we had officers stationed at the Walmart. We sent a couple right. people up to the outlet mall. Um, but it was very interesting. I mean, like the chief said, it's not the demonstrators. Look, we can disagree, um, but at least they want to communicate and talk. It's the rioters and the people who just want to damage. They don't want to listen. Um, they were actually sending people on ATVs and dirt bikes to see where we were stationed to see where they could destroy things. And then you know we can't chase you. Once mm -hmm. you're in a squad car, you can't chase somebody through a field. Yeah. If they're, I mean, it was very interesting to see. It was well organized. Um, but I think they did a really good job. Aurora, I mean, they were did a fantastic job. Yeah. It was impressive they being really on the did. radio. Yeah. When we asked, uh, we got a chance to speak to uh, Ron Hain. You know, he mm -hmm. let us know about some of the other measures that uh, the sheriff's department took to, you know, be prepared, stay prepared, <coughs> be squared away during that spoke to um you know deputy demeter about mm -hmm. it too and uh you know his opinion was really well i i i love that guy and hearing him talk about it because he's an aurora guy like you could see people listening to this at home are not able to see the emotion mm -hmm. of the individual you're talking to he was really like you know it really bugged him it really sure. bugged him it really did absolutely and i think it, it I think it bothered like all of us yeah. and it, and it, I know it bled over into, you know, like family life because yeah. my, you know, my kids and my wife knew what was going on right. and I, I kind of let them know, informed them that, Hey, I'm, I'm okay. This is where I'm at, but this is what's going on. And I know my kids were worried. My wife was worried and I don't think they went to bed till I walked through the door. So right. it doesn't affect just, just us and, and the police on the front lines, you know, it, 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 it has a ripple effect and, and, and it just goes on and on and on. And, you know, just speaking of a sh Sheriff Hain, you know, we rely, relied on them during this time on them heavily uh, because being a smaller department, you know, I can only field so many officers, you know, at a time because I right. got to keep some free to protect the town. But I also need a group to help that if this stuff does come to our town. So I... A big thank you to him because we really relied on the sheriff's office a lot during these, uh, the protests or the ones that were, you know, supposedly planned. You know, you get on social media and it's like, hey, we're going to do this here at this time. And, you well, know, fortunately, a lot of that media, stuff, right? yeah, a lot of that stuff yeah. didn't 
come to fruition, luckily, but you, you have to take everything seriously. Yeah, funny thing about social media. I mean, uh, you know, you got Snapchat mm-hmm. and you got the Snap Map. Yes, I, yes. So, I mean, uh, to, to, to the uninformed at home, uh, you know, nobody's snitching on you when you're on the Snapchat <laughs> map snapping where you're at. <laughs> And where you're going to right, be. Right, right. I mean, the shit is, has the red dot, and it's showing you where you're going. <laughs> My uh, kids were I, shocked I, when yeah, I came I, home yeah, and I told I, them about yeah, that. They're like, how do you know about that? Yeah, yeah. I might be 50 yeah. years old, but I, I still, Yo, right you know. we right the corner, whatever, man, F12, man, <laughs> yeah, Right, man, man. exactly. I'm like, oh, and we interesting. Laugh, <laughs> um, like you said, the family life. My daughter would text me. It'd be the same thing every day. Love you. Love you, too. Right. The bad like, John, I'm not telling you if it's bad or not. Right, yeah. yeah. yeah right. Everything's yeah. fine. It's all good. Yeah. You know, they still have that PTSD from the Pratt shooting. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. That's something we're going to get into. Yeah. Okay, yep. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you. Um, well, uh, here's the thing. The Henry Pratt shooting, we were together as mm-hmm. a community, as residents and individuals, and with the police department. Um, you know, shout out again to brian demeter but when they had the um the aurora strong benefit at valley doyle i was there volunteering helping out uh it was good to see a lot of police departments come through guys were on bikes had their shirts lodges whatever the case may be uh and it was really nice thing henry pratt shooting we were together now we are completely divided residents and uh law enforcement police how do we get back to being unified I think communication is the root of everything Um, and and just coming together and and both sides realizing that, you know, part of what I say is right, but part of what I say is wrong. And the other side, you know, needing to realize that too. And, you know, throughout my career, I've I've seen the pendulum swing. We've been the, the hero and we've been the villain. And then we've been the hero and then we've been the villain. And hopefully that pendulum will swing back as, you know, more positive reforms are made. You know, there's no police officer is going to tell you that everything is perfect because it's not. And yes, there are things that need to be changed out there with with all of us. Um, And and when, when some of that positive change comes and the communication is flowing, I think is when... I don't, you know, when I say get back to normal, get back to normal as can be. Right. With, with and, and we we will never agree, all of us. You know, it's just impossible because you're always going to have people out there that say it's not enough or it, it's, it's not what we want or whatever the case may right. be. But if the effort is made there and changes are, are made for the positive for, for everybody, <clears throat> I think it would go a long way to you know changing that and getting the pendulum to swing back that no we're we're really we're not the villains right. just because of the misdeeds of, of a few the masses are still there for you in the pratt shooting <clears throat> i think that's what you just go back to i mean be, being there i saw patches i didn't even recognize i mean they're people coming from all over um aurora their police department just had five officers shot I was inside with a bunch of them, and there was a job to do. We all come running. I mean, that that was the weirdest day where you make that decision and go like, wow, this is the day I might fight it. This is it. All right, well, time to go. Um, I remember being with one of the Aurora officers. He goes, anybody here squat? I was like, no. He's like, all right, F it. Let's go. 
and then you go in that door. Um, we will always be there. Nothing has really changed with the way we do our job. Um, like the chief and I were talking, after Ferguson, you were worried about being in a tra traffic light, somebody walking up behind you, shooting in the back of the head, so you're watching. Now, after the Floyd incident, and we're seeing a lot more, the silent majority has woken up, of all colors, saying they appreciate us, wanting to talk to us, thanking us, we thank them for supporting us. Um, but just some of the contempt you see in people's eyes. Like, you don't even know, I mean, just at a traffic light, somebody drives by, flicks me off, and you're like, Whoa. They, and they, they, they don't they don't know you, you know? Wow. It's because I have... A, I mean, did I have my shirt signal on? Because you're in a uniform yeah. or in a squad. But I think <clears throat> everything's cyclical. Um, like the chief said, from 9-11, we're loved. Like, we're, we're joking. People are bringing food. You know, we're essential workers for COVID. Then the Floyd incident happened. I'm like, well, there goes the meals. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, it, 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 it does happen quickly. the anger eases a bit and people start to talk let's get back to normal and we're we're very very fortunate um you know the community we live in you know like i said earlier it's it's small i think we're about eighteen thousand now which is still small when you're sandwiched right next to you know aurora and then the tri-cities are north of you but the the residents and the people we serve are are extremely supportive you know they're always thanking us <clears throat> stopping by or well not not as much now with the pandemic but you know all you got to do is get on like our facebook page and yeah of course there's the negative comment here and there but for the most part we're we're very supported in town we have a very supportive mayor village administrator a board um i couldn't be more pleased with them and it, it just makes life a lot easier than you know the the head butting and stuff that goes on all too often when it comes to politics or you know us versus them type mentality whether it's you know the police against administration whether it's the police against their community we fortunately we do not have that and like the chief said i mean our department we're small enough we're also we're in law enforcement but we're also have a mentality of customer service you know we're here to i mean customer's not always right but we'll listen to you until we determine, <laughs> look, I'm sorry, you're not right. right. Um, so it just, I think that helps us with the community. And like we're smaller, we have packed officers where each officer is assigned to a subdivision. You know, they can just reach out to that certain officer and they, they're supposed to know what's going on in that subdivision, get to meet the people. They're like, hey, what's up, DeLeo? And I feel bad. Sometimes you're at North Shore Days and like, hey, how's it going? You're like, ah. I'm 47 now. I don't remember people's names. <laughs> oh, Jimmy! Yeah. What's up? Oh, Jimmy. Hair. How are you? Just... So, yeah, we go with a customer service mentality. How are you guys supporting the officers? Obviously, we talked a lot about you know the tremendous stress that they're mm -hmm. going through and then dealing with their families. Yeah. What are you guys doing to, to help with that? You, you know what? I, I think a lot of it has to do with, <clears throat> like, the administration, like myself and, and Joe, and I have another deputy chief, just being there and, and being there for them. Be, you know, being a smaller department, obviously we know everybody and we know them very well. And if somebody needs something, we're more than happy to, to get it for them or get them help or just 
meeting with them and talking to them, I think, helps finding out how they're doing. And I and when you say how's it going, I don't mean hey, how's it going? Yeah, fine, okay. Really asking them and, and wanting to know how they're doing and how everything is. And I think we're all close enough that you know I would feel comfortable, and I believe any of the officers would feel comfortable shooting texts back and forth if you have to, you know, if you don't see them. We, we rearranged our schedules when COVID hit so that we administration wasn't all there at the same time. And it was kind of nice because I hadn't worked like the evening shift in a while. We worked 12 hour shifts, six to six, you know, and then six to six again. And I had, sometimes I don't see the evening people, my bad, but I worked an evening uh, every week on Wednesdays and I got to see everybody and, and I don't know, I hope they appreciated it. Who knows? Oh, the chief's here again, but I know go I did. Go back to days. Yeah, right. We, when are, why are you doing here? Well, Isn't it time for you to go home? But anyways, I enjoyed it because I got to see a different shift every single Wednesday and um, I, I continue to do that. We've kind of got back to our normal shifts, but I still do that. I still come in on Wednesday evenings because I like to see the other guys and gals and talk to them and get a feel for them but if anybody were to ever need anything i mean we have a chaplain program we have a chaplain they can talk to we have like i said we have yeah critical incident debriefings we've got yeah like after the pratt we did it after after any big event we would do something like that you know we i would have them go to a professional if it if it really got to it and we have contacts and resources that are, are trained specifically with police to to deal with those types of things whether it's you know, uh, something at work or something at home or whatever the case may be, you know, I, I will find them help. I don't want anybody just flapping out there in the wind, feeling like they're alone. And he also, like the chief made it mandatory for some of these critical incident debriefings. Because as a police officer, you're supposed to be strong. Nothing bothers you. You're not scared. Um, like we had a dead child. And you can talk yourself through an adult death a child oh i mean going to an autopsy with the baby is just devastating well we mandate that you go we have a a chief that comes with the clinician and you just talk and work it work it out and i think that's what our role is you have to make that mandated you have to force people to be in the room because once an officer is in a room you give them an opportunity to talk about their feelings and people around them are accepting they're going to talk yeah the, very the, therapeutic the days of dealing with us on your own are they're long gone you know when i first started that's how it yeah. was but it's it's not that way anymore was that part of the problem not to say that what but mm-hmm. was that part of the that oh. that that culture of be strong be strong be yes. strong show no emotion absolutely it was the bar after with the boys and... absolutely it was it's almost like they tried to take that the 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 humanness out of you and just deal with it and go do it go to the next call um you know forget about what you saw and just just keep on going and and that leads to the drinking the the divorces the arguments the disgruntled worker um so you that's that's the kind of thing that is that's that's old school that's long gone thankfully and like you said misconceptions if you see us a bunch of officers standing in a circle at a major event where there's death or whatever and see us smiling or joking it's trying to get your mind off of it because if you just focus on what you're looking at the entire time, like we just had the fatal on Mitchell, um, 
And then you start playing like, oh my god, this was somebody's daughter. Now we have to notify the family. You're going to explode. So you sit there, you might be talking about what your kid did, you know, last week, and you start smiling. We're not laughing at the situation. We're just trying to, you know, humanize a little Deal bit, with it. and then get back to your job. Um, you know, so there's a flag I'd like to plant in the conversation. Like, I, I've never been a police officer, but um, being a Navy veteran, I do understand 100% the need to... Uh, in the moment, decompress or separate at least mentally for this mm -hmm. eight minutes until we get our command staff here or whatever the case may be or petty officers come and we have muster. I do understand completely the need to separate from the moment and the incident. So when I see something, if there's a hit and run and I see a couple of guys over here coking and joking, I know for a fact that they're not making fun of the corpse laying no. on the ground no, at God, all. No. No. I, but I don't think that the average public knows that, and when they see that, they get callous. Um, also, I think that a lot of people don't understand what it's like to wear a uniform and be part of an organization, a service mm -hmm. organization that has chain of command and structures in place of it and I think that because they don't know that they lump everybody in like we talked to the sheriff about it the difference between a police officer sure. and a deputy they lump everybody in as a kind of terminator type figure that they can't touch they don't know anything about and the person the the uh, excuse me the uniform comes before the name yeah um so 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 talk about I mean we we did talk about it a little bit but like you know all the things that the North Aurora Police Department is doing to humanize itself and the department, um, you guys are making good ground. But what's the what's the next steps to keep it moving? Like, you know, what's how can we keep doubling down on the on the positive and shedding that shedding that negative image? Sure, <clears throat> I think. Well, for example, this is one of them. I, I I believe you know how many people before today knew where I grew up or anything about me. You know, now you can put a little bit of background like, oh, hey, I grew up on a farm or, hey, I yeah, I grew I grew up playing soccer because that's what we did out there. You know, hey, I did that, you know, hey, you know, just just things like that. I think we have to do our best to humanize us. And I believe that by doing community events, by being willing to talk to people, by by continuing that, like like I used the phrase earlier, it pays dividends in the end. I think we're seeing those now, you know, like with, with, you know, social media being the big thing, you know, all you got to do is, like I said earlier, is get on Facebook and you can see all the positive comments. I think that police departments from small to big need to keep doing that and opening dialogue up because otherwise nobody's going to know you nobody's going to care about you. They're going to see, all they'll see is the uniform. They're not going to know who you are or that you care. Um, and it just, I think that that is the main way to do this. Programs for people, uh, you know, things like that, because we, we are a, a public agency, you know, a form of government, but we're there to help. 
you know, we're not there to hurt people whatsoever. And, you know, like, like Joe said, you know, yeah, we arrest people and we make traffic stops and stuff like that, but we, we have to do that. You know, otherwise it would just be a lawless world. If we stop you for flying down route 31, it's probably because we're trying to you know, avoid accidents, for example, you know, right. and there's a method behind the madness, as I always say. You know, there's a reason that we do these things. And I think the more the public becomes aware of why we do these things and, and who we are, I, I think that would will go a long way to starting the dialogue to have people realize that we're there to help them, not hurt them. And you just, you just got to keep chugging on. I like when I see police officers in schools. Mm-hmm. And we, we brought up the we brought up the Dare program, man, and that was uh, I mean, shit. I mean, it's Dare. It's the Dare program. <laughs> it, with the children holding the F the police sign. Yes. And we really need to focus on getting the kids to understand that the badge is not scary. Like I hate when I my wife used to do this about the juvie jail. Don't threaten your children with us. They're going to take you to jail if you keep acting up. No, True. because then when they need our help, they're scared of us. And that's the one thing we don't want. If, if a child's in danger or needs something, I want them to run to us. Not be scared of yes. us. Yeah. So there's a big push now to have police officers taken out of yeah. schools. Yeah. Um, now, how do you guys feel about that? Oh, I, I absolutely disagree with it. Like... Um, like Joe said, and I, I think you alluded to as well, it, it, it starts at a young age. You like to see the police in the schools. Like I said, I, I, have, I have adults that have children now that I had as students that still come up and talk to me. You know, some of them don't live that far from where I live. And it does start at a young age. And I think that the police are there for protection in the schools, first of all, because of all the craziness that goes on, especially, you know, your middle schools and and specifically the high schools. You know, I I don't see the hurt in having the police there. It's it's a safety measure, if nothing else. Plus, if anybody has an issue, they can go right to that officer. Anybody that's put in the schools, they're there more than likely anyways for a reason. It's because they can deal with the kids. I'm not going to put a person in the school SWAT. who, yeah, like a SWAT guy, you know, I'm going to use his or her specialties elsewhere. Right. I'm going to put a juvenile officer, you know, somebody that can, you know, a detective that can talk to people right. in the school. We have one in, um, in, in our middle school, Jewel Middle School. I have uh, Kristen Lorstorfer is her name. She's the officer that's there. Shout she's, out. Yeah, shout out to Kristen. <laughs> she's, uh, she's awesome with kids. Yeah. They, they love her there, and that's the person I'm going to put in there, and I'm going to put them there for a reason because they can deal with that stuff. And she's a problem solver when it comes to that. Very easy to talk to. So I think that it's a mistake of just putting a blanket over it and nope, every, everybody, you know, all the police are out of the schools everywhere. I, I, I do not agree with that whatsoever. There's a, there's a reason that they're there. They serve a purpose. For the intervention factor, um, she'll identify a problem. And before it gets out of hand where it becomes a criminal matter, or even if it's a criminal matter, you don't have to send them through the court system. We have programs that they will attend with their parents. And they put them on a, just a, here's what you need, step by step, here's what you need to do. You know, yes, you guys got into a fight, or you stole this, or we found drugs here. 
gone are the days where, okay, if you're over a certain age, you're all going to jail. No, we don't send you through the court system. We try and do an intervention. We'll meet with the parents at the police department. Um, they'll get you social workers. They'll set up benchmarks that you need to meet to have your, your schoolwork done. So you, our officers in the schools are potentially changing a child's criminal path. You know, they can identify a, a problem and steer them a certain way, get them the help they need. Or what if they just, like we talk about shop with the cop, well, it's devastating. How do you pick one family? You know, we're a small department. So we got just pick three families. So that's why we did the Santa Claus event. And we have all the food and we donate it. Um, we, we participate in Operation Christmas. We'll, our PD will adopt the family. They won't know who we are. And we just have um, Robin Steckline, one of our police officers, and Diane Smith, one of our clerks, will wrap it and have it delivered to the school. So there's, besides the safety, like the chief said, we play such a big role in shaping and maybe stopping somebody from going this down this path to potentially curing COVID. I mean, you, you sure. don't know what you're. Yeah, we 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 do our best, and it's not just us. It's it's any. I would like to thank anybody, anybody in the schools or that deals with with the young that we try to work with them, not against them. You know, some kids you'll never deal with ever, but but the ones that you do, like Joe said, you, we try to steer them down the right path as best as we can. Right. Um, damn, the time is now 8.57 a.m. Oh, it flew I by. Know. Damn, it <laughs> did. Weird. Oh, my God. This was... I heard from the hard questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, real quick. How many officers are on your force, and how many of them are women? Because you've already mentioned that sure. you've heard a couple women. Sure. We've, we've got 29 officers all together, and we have four. Four uh, women officers, female officers. Detectives? Yeah. Uh, uh, community policing, midnight shift, and day shift. Yeah. Nice. So, um, but yeah, it's varied. We're, we're slated to get three more, two immediately. And then one, man, eh, hopefully at the beginning of the year. So we're, we are growing. I mean, when I got hired, I was, I think, the 14th officer. So now we got 29 all together and slated to get three. So we, we are growing. You know, as the town grows, we grow, we get busier and, and whatnot. And plus, we try to provide as many services as we can. That takes officers. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a, a great department. You know, I, I know it's going to sound corny, but I love all of them like brothers and sisters yeah no, I, I, I feel you that's not that's not corny at all that's that's into real life if everybody liked their job again i think that uh just just growing up i think that for too long police officers or perhaps chiefs and those within uh leadership positions in departments made it a job yeah come to work do your job get the bad guys go home kind mm -hmm. of thing there was not a lot of counseling services and things no. like that there to help the individual mm -hmm. be a better police officer in the department you know just you know sure wham bam take them to jail and that's that's it absolutely um, the future of policing what does it look like that 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 that's oh. a very good question <laughs> i i think that well, I think there's a, f a few issues here. Number one, it's going to possibly be tougher to recruit people to be police officers to begin with, because I think when they look at stuff going on, you, you get a you get an 18 year old that's getting out of high school, 
who maybe is considering the criminal justice field, do they really want to go into that nowadays? So I, number one, I think recruitment is could possibly be a problem, and that, that kind of bothers me. I also see the community relations as, aspect of it being stronger and moving somewhat away from putting the cuffs on a person and getting them into the system. If they do get into the system, I see, and Sheriff Hain has touched on this, I see them getting more help right. at that point right. than they ever have. Ever. You know, he's he does a tremendous job up there with trying to find jobs for people that are getting out of jail, um, training, job training, a, a drug rehab. You know, we, we haven't seen the likes of that really ever. You know, he's he's really turned things around up there, Sheriff Hain has. So I, I see more reform when it comes to that, trying to help people rather than incarcerate people. Right. And I think that will play, a, you know, a, a huge role in policing in the future. I, I really do. I, I see it going kind of down that road more than the punishment, rehab versus punishment. Right. Um, my uncle who I loved and he was a great mentor in my life, uh, he passed away. He was a Chicago police officer. Then he became a country club Hills police officer. Mm -hmm. Um, there's the, when it comes to recruitment, uh, we had Bill Powell on the yes. show, oh, yeah. uh, former yes. African I saw that, yeah. chief. Uh, that was a really, 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 really good episode. He said on that episode that he has a hard time and it bugs the shit out of him. He has a hard time recruiting people. He says he meets youngsters, they're, yeah. they're squared away. And, you sure. know, what do you, what do you want to do after high school? What do you want to do college? And they don't know. And he brings up joining the force. And the one thing they don't want to do, you know, oh, man, hell no, man. Like, and, you know, and, it, and he said every time he hears that, it just breaks his heart. Absolutely. Like, you know, he it, it, sees it, they're squared away. He sees yeah. they could be the guy. to, But they are completely turned off by the idea. Um, yeah. Now, that bothers me. And that's kind of why I brought up the police and school thing sure they're trying to take rotcs out of schools and i'm completely big mistake. against that big mistake yeah and um so i don't it seems like america in many respects is trying to throw out the baby with the bathwater. yeah agreed um and i just don't think that that's the right way to the right way to do it agreed. you know it's it's it is tough now to, to be, I'm sure, an 18-year-old and look at law enforcement as a viable, you know, career. It used to be a noble profession. I still think it is. But I don't think people view it as such anymore, Right. unfortunately. You know, and, and the heat that police take nowadays and that, that we're the, the fault of, of, you know, everything. And, you know, I just, it, it would be very tough. As a young brother, I've never felt that way. I've never felt that way. I've never felt that the uh, oh, police are, you know, the damn Gestapo. I've never felt that way. I think for a lot of people, probably the most egregious thing wrong with uh, police departments and policing, policing, mm -hmm. is you look at like the, Mc the McDonald incident where they hide tapes. We got the tape. We don't got the tape. Now yeah. the tape disappears. Yeah. The tape disappears. Yeah. Shit like that erases every single. Yeah, it, that's all it takes is yeah. is one. You could have a hundred 
awesome things. And all you need is that one bad thing. My brother who's and, a Marine said, And everything my crumbles. Bro, yep, my brother said, uh, my brother who's a Marine, I can't think of how you put it. He put it in a very Marine way. He was like, <laughs> one, uh, He's like, one, oh, shit, erases a thousand attaboys. It does. Absolutely, it does. It does. It does. And, you know, transparency is, is, you know, we talk about community relations and stuff like that. Transparency is part of it. And, you you know, you bring up the example of, oh, we have these tapes, but not these. Oh, look what we find. You know, you you have to get that stuff all out, and you got to get in front of it, right. and you got to deal with it. You can't change something that happened. Right. What's done is done. Deal with it. Right. And, 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 and come out and move on right so unfortunately that's um not always done right but i i hope law enforcement in general not just us but everybody i hope we're getting better I think and, and, and I, think I think we I think, are. I, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, like I said, we do our homework on this show. The North Aurora Police Department has not had egregious. No. I, the North Aurora Police Department has not had a Ferguson incident. Right. Right. The Aurora Police Department is, you know, I've been out here for like 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, even looking back, has not had a Ferguson incident. Yeah. Um, so I think it is getting better. Sure. Sheriff Hain did my homework on him. Uh, assaults on staff, contraband in the jail down 35 yeah. percent this was yeah. before the george Floyd incident so that that it's already happening yeah it's, that, that's it, it, already, I, I think so i yeah. i think it is i really happened. do you know i as the police chief i i it, i'm responsible for everything that goes on there whether i do it or not right i'm i'm the face of the department and i try to stress to the officers just go do your job be decent to people you know, there's no no reason to not be decent to people. You know, and I was I was raised that way. I think my small town upbringing um, plays a big role in that. I, I knew everybody. I you were decent, everybody. God forbid somebody call mom and say, "Hey, I saw your son doing this." You know, that's old school. <laughs> when yeah. parents would call your parents, you bet. And say, yeah, I'm telling you, I saw Curtis over there with them with them boys you, on the corner. You rather, or you rather yeah. the police oh, show yeah. up no, than no, somebody no, no, call no. your mom. You know, back they, when you could beat your kids in school though. Mom come up to oh, school with a belt. Absolutely. Yep. You know, you could get away with that stuff. <laughs> you could get away with it. But yeah. my point being is that, you know, I, I hope they get from me, just, you know, because I'm decent to everybody. There's there's no need not to be. And I, I hope that they get that from me because I, I really firmly believe that if you're decent to people, for the most part, they will be decent back. And you know what? If they're not, then you're the bigger person. All right. So... Um, so we went six minutes over. Oh, and I boy. Hate to oh end boy. This, damn it. this was, <laughs> man, this was so much fun. Um, so the show, we do like to end the show on a, on a positive sure. note. Sure. So for today, what is something actionable and positive that the folks of uh, North Aurora and Aurora mm-hmm. can take with them going into this day? Hey, you know what? Just know that the police are there for you. We're, we're human, just like everybody else. I go get my coffee at the same place that you get it. I shop at the same stores that you shop at. And if you see any of us, I, I know we're not on video here, but pe- people know who we are. Stop in the police department. If you see me out somewhere, just talk to me. You know, I, I love having community uh, interaction w- with people. So, you know what? We're, we're there for you. We, we really are. We're approachable. You know, as you can tell when we introduce ourselves, it's not Chief Fisher, Deputy Chief DeLeo, right. um, Joe, and Dave. Um, don't be afraid of us. Come say, if you have a problem, you just want to run something by us. You know what? I love helping other people rather than dealing with my own problems. We're there for you. Um, if you have a problem and you're not happy, you call us, and we try and work it out. Or we can explain why something happened. 
you know, we talk about social media. You see that comment. He's one of the good ones. Well, no. If you look at, like, incidents, that's one of the bad ones. The majority are good ones. So use that to your advantage. We're here for you. Um, don't be afraid. Call us. Right. Come talk to us. We're humans. We solve problems together. And I think that's how you have to go forward, solving it together. We can't do it on our own. Solving it together. We can't do it on our own. Can I give a final shout out? Oh, yes, please. Okay. Please. <laughs> I just want to... We're. My wife went to West Aurora. My kids go. I, we're huge West Aurora District 129 supporters. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Dr. Jeff Craig, the superintendent, and pretty much all the superintendents uh, everywhere. Because when I think I have a stressful job, all I got to do is think of them and what they're dealing with with the COVID and reopening and reopening schools and, and all that stuff. That is a monumental tasks that they're dealing with right now so i i wish everybody the best of luck there's there's no easy decisions good luck on on the, the new school year and you know for all the superintendents you're in my prayers all right shout out to the west Aurora school district and Thank dr jeff craig i might ask you how to do common core math because i can't <laughs> <laughs> all right um, so, on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, we'd like to thank the North Aurora Chief of Police and Deputy Chief of Police, Mr. Fisher and Mr. DeLeo, for coming out to speak with us. And from ourselves to you, we hope that you guys have a very blessed, powerful, motivated, strong, and determined day. We will see you here tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock a.m. on the second largest city's first daily news podcast, Good Morning Aurora. And with that, we're out. Peace.